pivotal point was when I held her, I looked at her, I'm like, man, this is my kid. Like my blood is her blood. I immediately changed my mindset. Instead of being a victim and thinking like, poor me, I found some peace. Money Fit by DRS. It's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. Addictions are involved in many personal financial crises, but heavily underreported. That's why I appreciate the openness that today's guest shares about his journey from Oxycontin addiction to successful business owner. I'm Todd Christensen, host of the Money Fit Show podcast, and on today's episode, I speak with Quest Education's Daniel Blue. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Daniel Blue is a regular contributor to Forbes.com and the owner of Quest Foundation, uh, Quest Education, a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, pay off high interest debt, and use self-directed retirement accounts to invest in alternative assets. Under Daniel's leadership, Quest Education has reached the seven-figure mark two years in a row with thousand, uh, actually a thousand customers through the United States. His book, Blueprint to Your Best Retirement, is an Amazon bestseller, and I am excited to welcome to the show, Daniel Blue. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal, Todd. Thank you so much for, for having me, and I appreciate the uh, the intro. Looking forward to this. Sure. And now, you and I have uh, I talked a little before, and I, and I do want to, to uh, mention some of the things that you're doing with your business, but uh, my first question is, uh, I want to um, introduce you to the audience with this question. If you wouldn't mind sharing who within your family or maybe circle of acquaintances has had the greatest influence on your attitude about money or maybe how you deal with your finances? You know, I would say my mom, um, full transparency. I'm, I'm a mama's boy. If I, uh-huh. if I don't see my mom uh, every day, I call her every day. Right? That's awesome. Um, we we got really close when my dad left. Um, they got divorced when I was twelve, and mm. my dad moved to Mexico and uh, never came back. And mm. um, I was left with a lot of questions. I didn't know why he left and right. know, why he didn't come back. And and he and I were really close, so that definitely uh, ate at me. But uh, looking back, that just had my mom and I become a lot closer. I saw her, you know, work nine to five, nine to seven every day, and uh, just worked every single day and and the best she could to provide obviously a single mother is uh it's tough uh, yeah, financially yeah. we we definitely had some struggle throughout the the picture but you know my mom definitely taught when i look back um taught me just consistency right and, mm-hmm. and just showing up and, and and working and and not complaining you know i'm not getting child support from your dad or your, your dad did this and you know she never complained she never played the role of a victim and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that can be tied to financial principles right whether it's right you know, paying off personal credit card debt, you know, it's being consistent with it, being consistent with your spending, not spending more than what you're making, being consistent with investing, setting aside money, uh, doesn't have to be a lot of money, but just consistently doing that. Um, so, you know, looking back, definitely my mom laid nice. a great foundation for me. A lot. It sounds like a lot of lessons by example, rather than uh, just, uh, just, uh, in word only. For sure. For sure. Hey, uh, now you, have called yourself an open book when it comes to the addictions and challenges you faced in your maybe late teens. And I think it was early, early adulthood. 
would you mind taking our listeners back a few years to share maybe the challenges you had to confront and uh, perhaps the financial struggles that were involved with that? Yeah. So, you know, going back to when I was 12, my parents got divorced. Um, you know, people listening to the show right now, it's not like I'm special, right? Like right. maybe you were a product of a divorce or you, you know, went through a divorce yourself, or there's definitely someone, you know, in your family that got divorced, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's everywhere. Um, but was unique about my situation was just now all of a sudden, you know, my, my dad is gone and it's just my mom and I, mm-hmm. um, so I held on to a lot of resentment towards my dad. And, um, I turned that into masking my pain, um, in, in high school and middle school, I started ditching and hanging out the wrong crowds. And mm-hmm. I really just stumbled through high school. Um, and I never found peace, um, when I was 18 years old. So I started making even more bad decisions. Um, and I got addicted to Oxycontin at 18 years old. And, and for mm-hmm. those that don't know, Oxycontin essentially is an opiate. Um, mm-hmm. and the most common opiate is heroin. So Oxycontin essentially is heroin in the form of a pill. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a pretty nasty drug. A lot of people get addicted to it. And, um, you know, unfortunately a lot of people have died. Yeah. And uh, that, that was my vice for about two years. Um, and I was finally able to kick the habit because um, I ended up having a daughter at 19 years old. Um, you know, I truly believe that God sent her to me to uh, set me straight. And, and usually when you overcome a vice like that, you have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and there were some points where I definitely hit rock bottom and uh, financially, you know, making some bad choices as well. But uh, that, that's how we learn, right? Todd, like you can yeah. only touch the stove so many times when it's hot. And unfortunately, humans can be knuckleheads. And I kept touching that stove, even though I knew I was getting burned. But, you know, eventually, I was tired of touching that hot stove. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted something better. So I mean, is, was that the point, your daughter's birth or, or uh, uh, that kind of helped change the way you looked at not now life and, and at money as well. I mean, what was there, were you, you know, I, at that young, you can get into a lot of debt, but uh, you know, the way you look at the, the purpose of money and, and what you wanted to, to get from money. Do you, do you recall a time when, when you, you looked at that, started to look at that differently? Uh, that was probably when my parents divorced and, and I saw my mom struggle like I saw her just work her tail off. And it's not like she had this crap job. Uh, we were in California at the time and she was a social worker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not like she had the worst of the worst of jobs. She made okay money, but California is a pretty expensive place to live. Yep. And when it's just one income in the household, you know, there's some strain. So I remember as a kid just thinking, man, like when I get older, I don't want to struggle financially. Like I want to make more money. I didn't know how I wanted to make more money. Uh, I just knew I wanted to make more money. Um, and I was able to make more money in sales. I found sales at 18, 19 years old. And uh, that was my the path I chose that allowed me to make more money. But as some of you are listening to this show, you know, maybe you can relate to this, you know, it's, it's easy to spend what you make. And a lot of times you're spending more than you're actually making. So those are the lessons that really helped me level up is in my early twenties, just spending more than I was making and not having a plan financially. Um, I was so naive that at 20 years old, I thought, well, I'm, I'm making really good money. I don't need a credit card. I have a debit card. I have cash. Why do I need a credit card? Mm-hmm. And so that made me late to the game. I didn't start building credit history uh, when I should have. I didn't start understanding the game of credit and uh, credit, as, as you teach uh, very well, is, is important uh, in, in creating wealth. Yeah. Uh, so 
you're um, you're looking at this, this huge, uh, a, a good good income, a very young age. I mean, outside of outside of uh, the addiction you refer to, what was what were you using your money for that you you were talking about spending more, no matter what income you you, you get. Um, were you any different than most most young adults at that age who would come into a lot of or, or could earn a lot of money? So, you know, I didn't, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, right? Like we didn't have any like rich family members. Um, so I really didn't know what it was like to have money, like a good amount of money. Um, mm -hmm. So my, my whole goal, Todd, was like, how can I make a hundred thousand? Like, right. I just want to make a hundred thousand dollars. And this is me like 16, 17, 18 years old. If I can make a hundred thousand dollars, I can take care of my mom and life is great. Right. Yeah. And, and that's so naive, right? Hey, you're goal oriented, right? <laughs> well, we, we know hundred thousand dollars, especially with inflation where it is now, it, it really isn't a whole lot. Right. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I had my first, my first year at 18 years old, first, uh, you know, job in sales I made like 90,000. And then the yeah. next year I made over hundred K and because I had never seen money like that before, I just spent it. Um, yeah. and, and if you would ask me what's the worst investment I ever made, I would give you the same answer I'm about to give you when you asked me, what did I spend my money on? So picture it, 2007, right? 2008, yeah. leading up to the crash. I'm so oblivious. I'm 18 years old. I have no idea what's going on with the economy, right? And I had this brilliant idea to buy a house. I bought a house for $262,000 mm. in about 2008, right mm. at the highest point of the market. And yep. when you buy an asset, whether it's a house, whether it's Apple stock, like no matter what you're going to buy, that investment, you always got to think about like, what's my long-term exit? Like, what's yeah, my yeah. plan with this investment? How do I plan on exiting this investment and in, in weathering a storm? And I didn't think about that. And I just was like, oh man, 262, my mortgage is, you know, 1900. Like, this is easy. Let's go. Like, I want a house. Mm -hmm. I bought a house. And then, you know, we all know the end and the story, how the story ends, right? You know, the market takes a, a crap. You know, I start, you know, getting addicted to drugs and uh, ended up having to do a short sale on the house. So definitely sunk some money, lost my shirt there. Um, I just, I just bought stupid things. You know, I bought a nice car that I shouldn't have bought, you know, I bought a Range Rover, like a knucklehead, uh, <laughs> nice, nice car though. Yeah. Well get this. So my insurance Todd was $560 a month. And I had no idea until after I bought it. And then I bought it and I called the insurance guy and I was like, yeah, I need insurance. It's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, 560 bucks. I'm like 560 bucks, like every six months, like, you know, and I'm just, naive and not knowing oh yeah so, um, yeah you know now i drive a, a paid off <laughs> honda accord I, I got that out of my system and yep. uh and you live and you learn hopefully you can learn quicker than uh you know than others oh, i i i had the similar experience i got a little two-door sports car sports car when i was 21 years old and the and the insurance liability only for the year cost more than what i paid for the car <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah it was young, wild young and dumb we were mm -hmm. do, do you remember do you by chance remember the point when you realized that you had made a hundred thousand dollars in the year and this is something you had wanted to do? Do you remember any like the feeling or what, what you thought about it? You know, unfortunately I was in such a state of, yeah. of denial and not really living the real life. Got I mean, it. I was, I was high off Oxycontin and yeah. uh, every single day I was using. So I was just 
chasing something. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't find peace, uh, cause I was still kind of harboring, you know, resentment yeah, and, yeah. uh, you know, having no forgiveness and things changed when I had my daughter and when I held nice. my daughter, when I was 19 years old and, uh, I was still using, unfortunately, but I remember holding my daughter and a pivotal point was when I held her, I looked at her, I'm like, man, this is my kid. Like my blood is her blood. And then I immediately thought about my dad and I'm like, you know, my, my dad made some bad choices that hurt me and, and hurt my mom. Um, but he's still my dad. And I immediately changed my mindset instead of being a victim and thinking like, poor me, I don't have a dad. Wah, wah, wah. I started thinking mm-hmm. about, well, you know what? At least I had a dad. Some people don't even have a dad. He gave me 12 great years. Like he was an awesome father figure. And I'm grateful that I even had that time. And yeah, he made some knucklehead choices, but you know, he's still my dad and, and, and yeah. I love him for who he is. And, uh, you know, I, I forgive him. So I found some peace. And I think that was one step closer to, you know, me eventually kicking the habit and, you know, I've been clean from, from Oxycontin well over 10 years now. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations on that. that I mean, that's, we're all here for you on that one. Uh, what, uh, I, I, kids are great. I mean, they are magical Those babies. There's just something, something you can't explain, but, uh, resources was uh, or was there when you were making going through those changes and coming out of that uh, difficult situation were there resources or people that you turned to that um were there for you 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 mentioned your mom of course um it sounds like your faith was a big deal what what is it that that got you from from the low point to uh to starting or or founding uh, your company? You know, I, I think it's just having, um, you know, no one's ever going to have the map and the directions of every turn and, and nook and cranny and just have the perfect plan laid out to get there, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people don't start something, right? Whether it's a plan to pay off their debt, a plan to start a business, uh, a plan to, you know, get a promotion, like, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of people get overwhelmed paralysis of analysis, right? Right. right. And for me, you know, I, I've just always been very competitive. Uh, I played sports growing up. And I always knew that I wanted to provide a way for my family. Like I wanted to break the cycle. I wanted to not be, you know, what my dad was in the sense of, you know, divorce and, and, you know, having kids in different, you know, households and whatnot. I, I just wanted to break the cycle and I knew money was a way to provide and, and I needed stability. So I had my, my sights set on being a really good employee. And this goes back to like my first job, my first job, I was a grocery bagger at 16 years old. I want to be the best bagger of groceries there was. <laughs> like that was my mentality. Um, you know, so every job I've been at, I've always sought out people that have performed at a high level, like the top performers. Like I go to a job, I look at who's making the most money, who's getting the best results and emulate what they're doing. Success leaves clues. What are they doing that I can do? Oh, they come in early. I'm going to come in early. Oh, they stay late. I'm going to stay late. Oh, they come in on the weekends. I'm going to be here on the weekends. Right. So I did a lot of that growing up. Um, and then as I learned from my, my mistakes financially, my mid twenties, I was able to turn a corner. Uh, I built really good credit. Um, I was a lot smarter with my tax strategies. Um, I saved money. I had some money that were investments. I had some cash. And then I realized I'm like, you know, I think I can start my own business. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty darn good employee. 
Um, and, I, and I've got a service that I think can really change the marketplace. There's some, some problems that we can solve. Let, let me go all in. And, uh, you know, I started Quest Education uh, over three years ago. Uh, I put a lot of money on 0% credit cards. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that was a, a big tool that I used to get this business going. And that wouldn't have happened, though, if, if I didn't make the commitment years prior to, you know, have my habits and my discipline change when it comes to money, spending less than what I was making, building my credit score, having money set aside. And, and then all of that kind of came together um, when I was about 28 years old and uh, was able to go all in on the business. Nice. Um, as you, you talk about starting this business, having looked at a lot of mentors, do you find yourself have you found yourself in that kind of mentoring position yourself that uh, others either coming into your business or that outside of your business that have are looking to you now? And how does that, uh, what, what are your, how do you, how do you approach that um, as a person that's, that's gone through uh, some of your own challenges and, and, uh, and growth? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, it's important. It goes two ways. You know, I, I wouldn't be here today without certain people that, you know, mentored me, gave me advice. I, I indirectly learned from, right. There's plenty of people that mm -hmm. I saw what they did and what they did. I didn't see working. So I'm like, okay, notate that don't mm -hmm. do that. Right. So, you know, there, there's a lot of that too, but certainly a lot of wisdom that you can get passed on from other people because you have to be willing to take the, the criticism you have to be willing to be like a sponge and, and soak up all that knowledge right um and then you know these days i've got uh, 13 um you know w2 employees here in las vegas um and uh you know I, I try to be the best that i can be in terms of a leader and providing an opportunity for for them to create some impact and some some financial um goals that they can accomplish as a family um, and then, you know, we've got over a thousand customers in, in all 50 states. So trying to figure out ways to impact them. And what's interesting about your question though, and, and really how I want to answer this is, you know, there's people listening right now that might be going through some challenges, um, financially, maybe your confidence is shook, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you're doubting yourself. And I, I get that because, you know, no matter how successful someone is, like we're all human, we all have doubt, we all have fear, we all have insecurities. And I think it's important to remember that there's always somebody watching right? Like there's always somebody that's watching you. And a lot mm -hmm. of times the people that, that you're impacting the most, they don't even tell you because you might not even really have a close relationship with them, but they see you doing what you're doing. They see your consistency. They, they see your, your, your spirit. They see your actions and it, it inspires them, you know, and, and you're a mentor doesn't have to be like someone you sit down with every single day and you have lunch with. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's the, you know, rich dad, poor dad mentorship, you know, like mentorship is in a lot of different forms. So, you know, don't forget that there's people counting on you. There's people that are looking up to you. Um, and there's an impact that you can help with, with those kinds of people and, and, and things like that help push me when I have a bad day, you know, when I'm in a funk, because that, that happens to every single one of us. Yeah. Yeah. When you started your business and you and you hired started hiring your employees, um, how did that? Did you have a similar feeling uh, that you did to holding a, your 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 baby, uh, your daughter in your arms when you're 19, and and all of a sudden you are now responsible uh, to run a uh, run a business and and for other people's uh, livelihood. You know, I, I kind of looked at it as we just got to find a way to win and stay in the game. And it just goes back to sports. Um, you know, we're not always going to have great days. We're not always going to win. 
but we just got to stay together as a team and find a way to stay in the game and find a way to win. And, um, you know, building a culture and, and having a mission and creating an environment that people have some fulfillment that they want to be a part of, you're going to attract the right kind of people. And, and what helped me was through my jobs over the years, I was able to create some really good connections and stay in touch with people and develop relationships. So when I could start something, I could make a phone call to someone and say, hey, man, this is what I have going on. This is what we do. I think you'd crush it with us. Yeah. I'd love for you to come work with me. And as long as you created and planted some seeds and created a relationship of trust, they're going to be like, oh man, like you've got your own thing going on. Like it must be worth something checking out. Let's, let's talk, right? Because building yeah. a business, you got to have a team. Yeah. You, you mentioned um, the victim mentality uh, in your, in your business, you're helping people change uh, their lives uh, financially and, and, and do some things that they may not have expected or thought they could do. Um, how do you, how do you help people who are um, feeling like they've been the victim or, I mean, and they're, they're wanting, they're maybe business owners that that's, that's not as you would think that's not as a common of a mentality, but uh, you know, I think you and I, we've all seen people like that in all, at all levels of, of income and life. But what do you do and help somebody who's trying to make change? What is what you guys specifically help with? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we want to find the problem that we can solve. And uh, the problem that we usually solve when people come to us and we talk to folks is they have high interest rate credit card debt. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got more than $10,000 in high interest rate credit card debt and you're not able to pay off that, that credit card or those credit cards in full, it's, it's tough to keep your head above water, right? Because yeah. the banks are just making so much money off of the interest and your monthly payments aren't really attacking the principal. So, you know, it's, it's like you're running on a treadmill and, and yeah. you're not running anywhere, right? But you're exerting so much energy and, and stress. Um, so the problem that we solve in the marketplace, Todd, is, is helping people access money in their 401ks, their IRAs, penalty and tax-free, and showing them in an IRS-approved strategy to be able to take that money and pay off their high interest rate credit card debt in one shot. Mm -hmm. So then now their credit card debt is completely wiped out. Like they don't owe $15,000 to Visa anymore. And then what they do is instead of making payments to their credit card companies, they're actually paying their retirement account back. Mm -hmm. So essentially they're just becoming their own bank and mm -hmm. they're paying off the credit card debt and then just using that same money to pay off, to pay back themselves. Um, and, and that does a lot, right? Like not only is that going to save thousands and thousands of dollars in interest, um, but, but as you teach and, and as you know, their credit score is going to go up, right? Because now their utilization rate went down, their credit score goes up. Now they're in a much healthier position. Like now they have a lot more confidence, right? Because now their credit card debt's eliminated, but now they have a better credit score. I mean, they can get cheaper car insurance and they can refinance their house at a lower interest rate. Maybe they can get that loan for their business at a low interest rate that they could not have gotten because their credit score was holding the back. So yeah. a lot of different ways that we can, you know, help them both uh, mentally and then obviously financially, the bottom line. Yeah, that confidence, I think, is, is huge when uh, you go from owing a kind of belonging or being beholden to a, another organization to now being responsible for your own finances where you, you're, as you say, you're your own bank now, now that you're in charge of 
it would switch things around, I, I would bet. Yeah, for, for sure. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people out there aren't aware that they can access their retirement accounts penalty and tax free. You, you got the big bad wolf out there, Wall Street. Wall Street wants us to leave our money in the stock market and make a bunch of money in fees. So why would they teach you a strategy that allows you to access your money penalty and tax free? Most people think that their retirement accounts their IRAs or 401ks, that money is for when they're retired and old. They can't touch that money now. And if they're lucky enough to touch it now, they're going to pay 30% penalties and taxes to the IRS. So that, that's the, the mindset. And when people understand that they can access their retirement account now and they can do it without paying any penalties and taxes, now the wheels turn. Maybe they want to use some of that money to start their business so they can break free from their nine to five job. Or maybe they want to use some of that money to pay off the high interest rate credit card debt, like we talked about. So, mm -hmm. a lot of different ways that uh, you know people can get some help financially with with these strategies. Yeah, I mean, it's things that most people have never even considered. Uh, okay, so as we as we um, come get close to the end of here of our conversation, Daniel, what um, you've you've obviously obviously used some self determination to to make the changes in your life and to, and to chart your own course. What do you say to somebody who's listening here? Who's thinking, I want to do that, but I'm just, I don't think that I'm that kind of a person. I don't think I can do make those kind of difficult changes. How do you, how do you uh, bring somebody along to get them um, to make those kind of changes? You know, I, um, I would get to the root. Like, why do you feel that way? Is it because you're afraid of what other people think or you feel like you don't deserve it? So to me, it, there's only a couple of reasons why you feel that way. And if it's because you feel like you're not worth it, then that just means you lack confidence, you lack self-worth. And the easiest way to get more confidence is to follow through with the promises you make yourself. The commitments you tell yourself that you're going to do, if you stick with it, you build confidence. If you say that you're going to stay on a diet this week and you're going to go to the gym three times this week, but instead you don't go to the gym at all that week and you eat pizza and ice cream four times that week, <laughs> how confident are you going to be next week? You're yeah. not going to be confident, right? Like you lied to yourself. So that immediately is going to make you feel less confident and, and kind of in a funk. So start with just the little things and it, and it could be, I'm going to read 10 pages in a book tomorrow. I'm going to walk around the neighborhood tomorrow. I'm going to go visit my grandma tomorrow. Like just, it could be anything, but if you just start with these things that you say that you're going to do and you follow through, your brain is like, okay, I'm following through with my word. What I say is going to happen. And you just start building confidence. So you, you just start with these small little steps and you start building confidence that that's going to make your self-worth go up. And that's going to eliminate that, that dark voice that you have, where it's like, that doubt, I'm not worth it, right? It's so like, that's how you tack that. Um, that. On the side of caring what other people think, like you can't do it because these changes can't happen because you know, you're worried about what this person's gonna say and what that person is gonna say. I get it. Um, we all have that thought. Um, but the easiest thing to remember is ultimately the people that you're worried about um, are these people that you actually care about, like you love? Are they people that, care about you and want to see you win because I care about what other people think that want to see me win that 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 love me um that know me 
And, and, and those are people that I do care about their feedback. Everyone else, I guess just noise, right? Yeah. So you, you definitely have to, you know, peel it back and figure out like where, where are you lacking in terms of why you can't make changes? Uh, I really appreciate that. I love the idea of uh, the person uh, to, to building confidence. You make promises not to others and keep first. You make the promise to yourself and keep those. That's that's great. Thank you. Uh, Daniel, what's, uh, I asked you, I mentioned earlier that uh, I'd love it if you could come up with one piece of practical advice that you could uh, leave with our, rec uh, with, our, with our listeners, a recommendation of some sort, um, whether they're dealing with debt or whether they're uh, wanting to build their credit, one, one thing that they might be able to do today or this, this week. Well, I would start first with uh, pulling up your credit report and just seeing what's on there. And then just reminding yourself if you don't already know it, or if you do know it, know it, just brush up on it. Like a credit score is a game, right? Like it's a formula, you know, how often you make your payments on time is like 30, 35% of your credit score. How much debt you have compared to the limits on your credit card cards is like another 30%. And there's a couple other categories that, that make up a credit yeah. score. So just make sure you're aware of that. And then just look at your credit report, you know, take an x-ray, look at it. And then figure out, okay, I got to work on this, this, and this. Because if you can get to a 750, even a 700, 800 credit score is great. 800 FICO score is great. But if you can get up there, life just gets a lot easier. You get access to cheaper money. Your, your life becomes cheaper. Your insurance is cheaper. You get access to money that you can use to, to live a better life, to start a business. And, uh, you know, life's already hard as it is, especially in 2022. Don't make it harder on yourself with, yeah. uh, you know, a low credit score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are so afraid to, to, to even look at their credit because they think it's going to be bad. I actually find that a lot of people are, are pleasantly surprised if they've never looked at it. They think it's a lot worse than it actually is. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Hey, Daniel, what, how can how can our listeners uh, connect with you online? I know you've got a book out there. You've got your business. Uh, what are some ways that they can connect with you? Yeah, um, they can go to danielblue.me. It's Daniel and then blue like the color dot me. And, and that website's got a bunch of uh, information. Um, you can buy my book. It's called Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. That teaches you how to access your retirement account penalty and tax free. Really easy to digest, short. Uh, book that uh, will make it easy for you to understand, um, you know, what I'm talking about in, in that respect. Um, so I've got some information that's uh, both free and you can pay for like my book. Um, I've got a podcast called How Winners Win. I talk about some of the things that we talked about here on the podcast and just kind of share, you know, what's working for me, what hasn't worked for me on the entrepreneurial front, uh, personal development, and I sprinkle in some financial strategies as well. And then, uh, you know, if you've got a retirement account and the idea of accessing it penalty and tax tax-free appeals to you, then uh, there's some information on, on my website that can uh, get you headed in the right direction. Great. Well, I, uh, of course, uh, one, one podcast from another, I certainly uh, would recommend uh, others uh, check out your podcast. Always a, a great uh, opportunity during a commute or some downtime. So good luck with that. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, I want to say thank you to uh, my guest today, Daniel Blue, and we certainly appreciate you and your time to our listeners. Thank you for joining us. Please, as you check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. And until next time, please stay money fit and stay well. Money.